Major League Baseball World Series coming up on Friday. So we have no action the rest of the week. How weird does that seem, huh? We had a five-game series in the NLCS. The sweep with the Astros over the Yankees. So both teams will be fresh. Both teams will be rested. Both pitching staffs will be ready to go from the top on down. And we discuss all of that with our very next guest, the one and only, the former pitching coach of the Chicago Cubs and elsewhere. But, of course, he's got that World Series ring with the Cubbies in 2016. So when it comes time for postseason, playoffs, World Series, no one better to dive into it with my man, Chris Bozio. Boz, what is up, brother? Not too much. How you doing, TC? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, as you well know, I'm uh, feeling very good. And uh, ready to you know take a, a few days to recoup myself before we get right back in it, get back on the road, get ready for the Astros and the Phillies, my friend. I tell you what, it's uh, kind of a weird glitch in the schedule with this thing not start until Friday. But I mean, if you really think about it, if if, if the series go, you know, one more game, there was going to be. You know that travel day in there anyway, but it's just—it's really bizarre. You know, and Harper even made the comment he didn't know when it started and found that <laughs> Friday was odd. You know, I've never—I've never seen it. I've never seen a break like that um, leading up to the World Series. Well, That's crazy. And think about this: we talked about this last week when you know, with the four teams who had the buys, right? They had five days off. So the Astros had yeah. five days off, and they're the only team that really wasn't really affected by the five days off. And now they got to go through it again. It is highly unusual, as you know better than anybody else, to have this break. But then again, I mean, you know, last year, well, twenty twenty was was ridiculous. You know, with the you know the COVID season with no crowds and sixty games, and then last year it was like okay, we you know it's it's a little quirky and crowds are just getting back into the stadiums, and then this year you have the you know the CBA deal that didn't get done, so we had to delay the start of the season. So we knew that we were going to be playing you know into basically you know the first or second week of November, which you know, is is another thing in itself. And now we're dealing with the weather on the East Coast here, but at least with Houston having a home field advantage, they've got the roof. So that's a good thing. But yeah, it's it just seems like it's it's still rather strange with the expanded playoff format and with, you know, four teams getting buys the whole season. And still, it, it kind of, you know, reminds me of, okay, we're kind of back to normalcy. But then when you have this kind of stuff, it just makes it think, okay, what's going on here? Well, how did they determine with a late start a longer break? I think you're hitting it on the head. Is that, you know, what group thought about this? That's not exactly pinpoint or logical thinking, especially, you know, as as a coach. It just doesn't make sense. Why would you push this thing back even even further? I, I TC, that's a great point. Yeah, like Jason and I were talking about that last night. Was you know, if you're Manfred, wouldn't you try to get this thing going? And what's with the off days? Yeah. Why the mandatory off day with the playoffs? My God, if if anything, you'd, you'd like to see that off day after maybe the second day, the day before you head to that next series, not when you're at home. Yeah. You know, it, there's so many little quirks, 
you know, and it's it's the Manfrey touch. You know, that's what everybody's going to be looking at, you know, down the road next year with the bigger bases. You know, you pick over twice. That's it. You know, if you you're going to get arrested if you pick over a third time. <laughs> but boss, it's it's all it's it's television, and like you said, Manfred is there with the television networks, and for them to say, okay, like so, you go back to the to the CS games, okay, the championship series in both leagues, and all four teams were, or rather, all eight teams, four games were played on on day one, and they go, okay, well, if we do that again, then we're going to have just you know a, an off day for everybody and we want to play baseball every day so what do we do oh we'll give two teams you know uh or rather four teams a day off in between games 1 and 2 even though there's no travel so they major league baseball can assure that they have television on that's every right. day of the week that's why they did it and i guess that's not too unusual but remember back in the day when if series ended early they would take a couple days off, and then, okay, let's see. Say a series ends on uh, Sunday, and that series ends on Sunday. Okay, we're going to start on Wednesday now. Remember, it was never etched in stone. But what they did, because of the television rights and everything, for so they could have their programming in place, they set these dates. It's like, okay, well, we hope that it goes like six or seven games because, you know, if it goes seven games, then we will start at the latest possible date will be on Friday. So here you have two series. One goes in four games. One goes in five games. And instead of starting early, they go, no, no, no. We've already got tickets printed. We've got our, our, our TV deal is all set with those times because, you know, now you have all this competing programming going on with whether it's football or basketball and everything else. So they want to make sure no one steps on anybody's toes. Oh, and heaven forbid, boss, we don't want to compete with Monday night football. Can't do that, right? Oh, we're scared to death to compete with Sunday football as it is. So that's what is is going into this decision-making, and it's getting worse and worse every year. TC, are you implying that they (laughs) really want to make more money in the marketing of the commercials than the actual game? Is that what you're saying? I think I just said it, right? (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) It is crazy, man. But, hey, let's talk about the Astros. Talk about the sweep of the Yankees. You know both those teams very, very well. What are your thoughts when you were watching this series unfold? I think Houston showed exactly who they are. Consistent. I mean, it just seems like no lead for them is insurmountable. How about the kid hitting the three-run homer yesterday? You almost knew something was going to happen at that moment. It's like, here it comes. You could, you could feel it, and all of a sudden, boom. You know, and God, where would they be without the kid at shortstop? <laughs> Unbelievable. That pitching staff has been the big story. But I tell you what, Pena, I, I didn't realize this kid was this good and had a feel for the big moment, especially with two strikes in the playoffs like this. This is it's been fun to watch. You know, I got a chance to watch this kid you know, from the very beginning, Boz. And, you know, remember, he had to replace Carlos Correa. And there were people who were saying, oh, my goodness. I mean, now you're losing Correa, who's just a, a defensive standout. But then again, you know, Correa, you know, hits in number two or three in your order. And you're, you're, how are you going to replace that? 
And remember, one of the reasons why the Astros elected not to re-sign Correa, they wanted him back. Correa wanted to be back. But, you know, his agent said, hey, we're going to get you, you know, $300, $350 million. And then Correa says, well, fine, well, I'll go with that. And the Astros said, we'd love to have you back, Carlos, but you're going to have to come back on our terms because they knew they had Jeremy Pena coming up in the minor leagues. And even Korea, uh, Correa know that because, you know, Pena spent a little time up uh, towards the end of the season last year, the regular season, and Korea, you know, uh, mentored him a little bit. But nobody knew how good the kid could be. So I remember this kid when he, you know, watching him play in April, and I'm going, man, this kid just can't hit the breaking ball. I mean, he just chases and chases. And then as the season, you know, progressed, you know, he would come up with the big fly, ended up hitting 22 homers, but still he was pretty inconsistent. And it seemed like, okay, you know, pitching staffs are just going to pitch this kid low and away with breaking stuff, and it it made him look kind of silly. And in that Seattle series, which was the breakout for him, remember, he looked pretty silly in those first, uh, you know, few at-bats, but then when he he stroked that one uh, deep into the night in Seattle, I mean, he just played with some renewed confidence. And uh, he's he's learning how to lay off those pitches now, which I'm most impressed with. But yeah, this kid is phenomenal. He's going to be another one of those Astros greats who come up through their organization, just like Bregman, just like Altuve, just like Tucker, just like Correa. And it just seems, you know, you and I have talked about farm systems before. It's amazing what the Astros have done over the last decade in their farm system. Yeah, it's been really special and. You know, no surprise that their front office guys are getting plucked for other positions as general managers, assistant GMs, or, you know, president of baseball operations. And, you know, TC, we talked about this early in the year. These guys are in a really good position. I believe Verlander's coming back for another year. Yes. And this young pitching staff, all of them are coming back again. I mean, that, it's just scary to think about the, the year that Alvarez had. You know, I saw, I saw a clip on Pena in spring training, and then they showed the, the video of him in the, in the World Series in the home run yesterday. The maturation that this kid has made since February is unbelievable how his body has transformed. This guy's a thoroughbred. Yeah. You know, and, and they've, got, they've got more coming. They do. The, Chris- center, the center fielder, McCormick, unbelievable athlete you know he hasn't had a chance to really show what he can do but he can run and the other thing that they they love obviously is that this kid can hit a fastball yes yes and again McCormick he struggled the the last couple years and again he's like kind of platooning with Jake Myers and then Myers got injured and the organization is really kind of pushing Myers and, you know, Dusty's going like, hey, so they left Myers off the postseason roster because Dusty said, we're going to give McCormick a shot because yeah. we believe this guy's got it. And like I said, now it's basically his job. And he is, you know, as you know, the Astros have not had that prototypical center fielder. They really haven't. They've been platooning the last two seasons. And it looks like, you know, McCormick is the guy. 
you know, talk about the young talent and how these guys, like you said, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, how these guys have matured and gain, gaining the confidence. Uh, it, it's just amazing. And Kyle Tucker was the same way. I mean, he was like kind of a strikeout guy when he first came up, even though he was a, he was a high draft pick. But, man, I mean, you could compare this guy to Bryce Harper. You can. I mean, their games are very, very similar, and their demeanor and their attitude is very, very similar. But, yeah, I mean – the Astros are loaded. I do want to talk to you. You brought up the pitching about the Astros pitching, and we know that you know everyone wants to talk about their offense. But when you look at this staff, Boz, what do you think as a former pitching coach? They're doing it basically. I remember, Verlander struggled in his first start. Mm-hmm. They did it without him. That's what I see on this team. That's why they're they're primed. For the next couple of years, Houston's not going anywhere. They got young, big arms, and they got a, they still got a couple starters down there that are going to be blocked because they've got so, so many good starting young starting pitching. And the other thing that I think that's really gone unnoticed is is their defense. You know, and I know Uriel struggled a little bit at first base, but man. This guy, this guy swings a bat in big moments. Watch for him to do something big in the World Series as well. You know, I, I think he just got his first hit in the playoffs yesterday, along with Altuve. The whole right side of the infield, I think, got their first hits yesterday in the playoffs. They're doing, they're doing that without those guys too. That's crazy. So I mean, it's a, it's a great story. You know, they've got guys to fill holes. You know, talking about Tucker again, TC. I did not realize this guy had. 47 RBIs against left-handed pitching, 10 more than anybody else in baseball. Right. That is an unbelievable number. 107 RBIs. <laughs> I know. I mean, my God, where are they getting these guys? Yeah, they, you know? they, yeah. They, from from the farm, all those downtrodden years where they stockpiled and stockpiled, and they didn't trade them away, which was uh, just very smart. And then again, you had Dusty the mix to manage all this. It just it, it's really a fun team to watch, Boz. And I've loved watching these guys up close and personal for the last three seasons. It's just it, it, it's a fun team to watch. And then you mix in a guy like Verlander, a future Hall of Famer, the yeah. guy that, who is just a master, as you know. And then you get Framber Valdez, who just you know you know you're going to get ground ball after ground ball, and you're going to get strikeout after strikeout with him. And then you got McCullers, and then you got Javier, and then you mentioned about guys getting locked out, right? I mean, you got Luis Garcia, who was a starter. He hasn't even pitched in that yeah. Yankee series. He hasn't even got a chance to to pitch because Dusty, he you can't know, even, yeah. on, and, and look what he did. Look what Garcia did in that 18 inning game against the Mariners. I mean, when, I when it was called upon, boom. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. So let me ask you this. Um, if you had this decision to make here, and I know you had to make it in the past, you know, in that World Series with the Cubs and, and the Indians in 16, all right, do you go to a three-man rotation or do you go to four? And considering who your four are here, you have Verlander, Valdez, McCullers, and Javier. What would your suggestion be? I, I keep Javier in the three hole just like he had him. Okay, you've got, and that's what I'll be honest. TC, we talked about this. That's what won it for us. We had eighteen times a three game winning streak when we pitched John Lester, Jake Arrieta, and Kyle Hendricks in that order. 
18 times, and that's exactly who I had pitched in the last three games of the year. Houston has that. They're running the table right now with how guys are lined up. I, I would be really, really surprised, especially with our boy Dusty. If you got something that's working, they're going to stick with it. The big boy's coming out of the chute, and i got to believe Javier is going to be three and McCullers is going to be four possibly with Verlander closing this thing out. You know, you, I, you know, it just seems like they're here. Everything's going their way, you know, and then you got, then you got a boy Schwarber and Harper and the, the team that won 87 games. That's just, everybody's just shaking their head. How are they doing this? It's unbelievable. Balls are dropping. Guys are dropping balls. Balls are falling in. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a really, really loud, entertaining series. Really, really loud. One of the loudest. I mean, I know when we played the Yankees in Yankee Stadium and the Kingdom, it was it was as loud as I've ever been in any place. This one's going to have a chance to break some records. Two rabbit fan bases. I mean, yeah. how much does home field mean in the postseason, especially when you have those fan bases? With Philly in Houston, you know, with with these teams, I this is my honest opinion with this, and I thought about this last night. Houston has been so tested in the playoffs; they're so battle tested. I don't think these guys flinch. They're so used to yes, being there. Correct. Philadelphia's got a bunch of veteran guys. They're they welcome the pressure. They welcome it. You know, and they got some young guys that they're not blanking either. Their shortstop's coming up with some big hits. You know, Stott. Yep. So you got you got two teams that aren't blinking that are they want to see the people in the fifth deck, you know, jumping up and down. They they don't want to be able to hear themselves thinking. You know, some guys just step up for that moment and love that moment, and other guys can. But I think you got two teams that. Are, they're just they're all relishing the moment and knowing that they can take advantage of it because of their fan bases. It's gonna be a huge, huge thing, but they're both battle tested on the road. It's gonna be just an, a really entertaining series. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. You and me both, brother. All right. Uh, finally here, Bryce Harper. We know he's hot right now. Uh your boy Joe Madden refused to pitch to him. Remember uh you know, and we know that that's not gonna happen with Dusty. How do you pitch to Harper, and what advice do you give to to the to the pitchers then when you're facing Bryce Harper? Because again, you all faced right, first him. of all Chicago, I'm, Washington. I'm not, I was there. You were there. I that was not Joe Madden. That was that was me and Borzello coming up with a plan. Come on, Joe Madden didn't tell us to do that. We did that on our. That own. was you, Boz. I know. Come That's on, I'm giving man. you a bad time. You don't want to pitch to Bryce were. Harper. You know, you, know, you know how to get to me. Harper was all everything, and every time he touched the ball, he hit the ball out of the park. If you take that out of play, you know what? Maybe San Diego's still playing. There's merit to not pitching to these guys and making other guys beat you. That's just being very stubborn when you let Harper who's paid a lot of money for those spots, hit, hit a home run, even though it was opposite field, bro, you're going to hit, you're, you're going to try to hit five fastballs that are neck high or breaking balls in the dirt, but you're not going to get anything to get your barrel on. Take four, take it to first base. Mm-hmm. 
We got we got beaten 15 because of Murphy, who somehow hit three home runs <laughs> That's right. against us. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And then in 17, we're trying to make another run, and this guy named Kiki Hernandez hit three home runs on us. You know, so I've seen it happen. It is – and it just can't happen. It can't happen – in a series like that, because that's what those guys are getting paid for. If I'm Dusty, you know, and I know, I know that pitching staff, they're going to pound their chest. You better be, better be careful who you pick your spots with. And Harper would be a guy that's going to be lower and low, or it's going to be way in at his feet. A lot of back leg breaking balls and fastballs way up and out of the zone. Let him walk. Yeah. And the thing about it is they're not going to intentionally walk him, but you're right. You, you have no. to pay, you got to pitch a very careful slide. And and you know Harper has has expanded his zone, and he's he's been fishing more this year than he has at any time in his career. He's covering that outside part yeah. of the plate, that up and away. And I know they tried to go up and away on him at 98, but that ball flattened out. And he and he's so strong, you know. He's so short to the ball. I mean, that was a. Freaking two iron, <laughs> yeah, you know, to the opposite field. Hey, it looked so fast. It was unbelievable. You got Alvarez on one side, Harper on the other. Uh, no park is safe in any field. They go opposite way, straight away center, pull the ball to right. It's amazing. All right, man, who you picking and how many games go? Houston and six. Okay, I'm with you. There we go. That means I'll be there for the celebration. You want to come join me? Man, just give him a big hug and tell him how proud I am of him. I, I'm so happy for Dusty. I really am. I know, man. He deserves it. Got to get it. Got to get it. Got to get this one done. Got to get the ring. There you go, man. All right, brother. Appreciate it as always, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Thanks, brother. All right. It's Chris Bazio, the author of a no-no back in the day with the Mariners. Great pitching coach as well. Got that World Series ring with the Cubbies in 2016. Uh, knows these pitching staffs, no doubt. Great friend. Awesome insight. Yes! Sweet home, Chicago. Sammy Gordon's going to join us. Las Vegas Review Journal. Check Esposito next hour. Hour one flew by, didn't it? No doubt about it. Talk more NFL, more football, more baseball. All coming your way. Jam-packed week. Celebrating the World Series right here. T.C. Martin Show.